0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. ha,
0: <laughs> You're on the crazy train. ha.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan
2: that's right folks this is the skipper buds cutting edge outdoors with your hosts dan bush and myself tom neubauer we come to you every saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m and since we are live and the only two-hour live outdoor show in wisconsin you can call us at 799-1250 that's 414- Seven nine nine twelve fifty. You got any questions or comments? Anyway, good morning, fellas. Oh, I forgot to say, and don't forget, uh, we got uh, the inedible. Uh, did I say that right? I don't know. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Danny.
3: Morning. Good morning. Uh, is everybody reading? Everybody loud and clear. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds, sounds good to good. me. Did good. you just did you just call Sam inedible? No,
2: I was trying to say a different word, and it's too early in the morning.
3: It's all right. Okay. I understood you. <laughs> yeah. We know your heart is in the right place there, Tom. Uh, yeah. speaking, speaking of heart in the right place, I want to thank all my friends who came out Thursday night for Bushy Fest uh and i'm sorry tom i at the last minute i was going to call you but then i thought you know you're kind of an older married guy set in your ways you'd probably say no my feet are on the couch right now my wife has given me a foot massage but thanks anyway but i should have invited you out here Uh, typically we grill out for the fourth of july but with uh covid uh that was canceled yet we had all this wild game and everything else we wanted to grill so we went nuts. I made that, uh, you remember that brown trout recipe, uh, Tom, oh, that yeah. you like so much? Yep, oh, yeah. With the barbecue Pringles. Uh, that was a hit. I made some barbecue squirrel, honey mustard pheasant, and Jake and the gang from Carly's came on over, and we grilled uh, these uh, Hawaiian short ribs, and yeah, we just had a great time, and then we launched some illegal fireworks. So if the cops, <laughs> oh, I better not say, no, the, some we saw some strangers come by and launch some fireworks. It wasn't us. Um, but uh, speaking of grilling, Tom, uh, the Weber Grill, do you know where the Weber Grill first came from?
2: Where did it first start, the Weber Grills? Yeah. Uh, from, I think, Mr. Weber.
3: Oh, boy. You are <laughs> a genius, Tom. So so the iconic Weber Grill featuring the domed metal lid uh, was inspired by a buoy. Because uh, prior to the 50s, they just had like the open grills like you see when you go to a park, you know, and you just sure. see like an open kind of a grill. Yeah. But uh, somebody who worked for the uh, Weber Brothers Metalworks, he took home one of the, the uh, a metal buoy and cut it in half. And that became the lid for the infamous Weber grill. And that what's even more interesting, the charcoal that you use... Uh, basically, the, the Model T was made partly of wood, and uh, Henry Ford, being kind of a cheap guy, uh, whenever they'd uh, have scrap wood, wanted to find a way to make money out of the scrap wood, so he asked his buddy uh, Edward Kingsford to uh, use use the wood in some way, and he was a chemi- chemist, and he combined the wood with, uh, with let's see, some cornstarch and other materials to create small, flammable, flammable, there we go, bricks or briquettes yeah Yeah. and that today is the kingsford uh charcoal that you buy
2: well you've been uh doing your homework this week
3: yeah you know i just figured i'd impart some knowledge upon the masses here let everybody know you know we the (laughs) part of the cutting edge outdoors is not only hunting and fishing but you know enriching everybody's life so that that's that's okay i'm done for the day with that though no that's good
2: i just thought i'd let everybody know what the rundown is for the show today uh, after the 6.30 break, we got the, the gut report. After the 6.45 break, we got the Hornschwagel, which you can win prizes. And then after the 7.15 break, we got the NFL football picking contest, and you can win a nice prize there too. So that's the basic rundown as far as special events. But, Danny, did you see the new hunting regulations this year?
0: Uh, I've looked
3: at a number of them, uh, but there's so many species oh. and so many, there's birds and, and dogs oh. and cats and deer and everything out there. Which well, ones do I you really mean? what I really
2: like is that instead of having a separate pamphlet for every, you know, for bear, migratory birds, deer, elk, fish, Yeah, I mean, you know, well, not fish, but all the different hunting uh, species, uh, instead of having separate pamphlets, they have one... I think it's eight by 11 or whatever. It's one pamphlet that covers them all, which is kind of nice because everything's in right in your fingertips. Um, but there are some new things going on. Uh, should I just run down the quick? list? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, night hunting for raccoons, coyotes, and foxes is now allowed statewide during the nine day gun deer season. You like that or not?
0: Um,
3: well actually, um, don't really care to be honest with you. Um, I think uh, looking back on it, okay, I'm thinking that the reason they didn't allow night hunting for those species is they want to avoid people from poaching and shooting deer at night. Um, and so now maybe they're not to poach deer at night, I guess. Well, you know what? here's my here's my theory on that, Tom. Those that are going to poach are going to poach regardless. Right. And uh, yeah. So, and and if you hear a high power rifle go off in the middle of the night, um, you know there's a difference between hearing a, a a 22 rimfire long rifle magnum or a 223 go off to shoot a fox, and the difference between that and a 300 Win Mag in the middle of the night. So or a 3006. So if you hear the 6 Odds are somebody's not blowing a raccoon out of a tree. Somebody's probably poaching.
2: Yeah, right. Well, anyway, that's new. Okay. Another one um, that's new is the hen-mallard bag limit has increased from one to two, uh, so based on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service season framework. But anyway, so you can get two hen-mallards this year instead of just one. And, you know, I'm not a duck hunter, so... Al Shook is, and I don't know if he's pleased with this or not. Maybe he'll call us and tell us, but I, I, that's a good idea. Why not? Um, the rough grouse season is closed. So in zone a, so that that's, we knew that was coming. Uh, the pheasant season, daily shooting hours on selected stocked public properties. And you better check this out. Whoever, you know, hunts pheasants on stocked properties. Um, it moved from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. You get a couple extra hours. So, and then, you know, there's some caliber restrictions, but I think it's all the basic stuff as before. So that's basically what they listed as what's new, you know.
4: Well,
3: years ago, Tom, I thought going back 20, 30 years ago, I I remember one time I was bow hunting, and I had a couple roosters running underneath my bow stand just off a cornfield, and that was, uh, that was back, um, you know, back, that was the opening day of pheasant season. And I thought it started at noon back then. So, it did. did. And then they changed it to two, and now yeah. they changed it back?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, when I was younger, uh, I was literally, uh, you know, 18 years old, and uh, I would go pheasant hunting with a friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, it started at noon. I remember that very vividly.
3: I wonder what is what is the what's the reasoning behind that noon opening? Why not why not just open it in the morning when it's yeah, daylight? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't. know. I mean, are they afraid that it's going to be for safety reasons? There's going to be a bunch of guys out there going crazy first thing in the morning. Um, um, are they afraid it's going to interfere with? the bow hunters in the morning but i mean the next morning it would interfere with the bow hunters anyway because it's only you know that midday opening the first day so i don't get it
2: well maybe it's giving the bow hunters a break i remember one time uh i was down at you know of uh, the bong recreational center and i think they still stock that with pheasants i'm not sure but i think they do but anyway and my friend and i were out there and we were, and there was some, another hundred people out there as well. But anyway, we were walking along, and there was a guy in full camouflage, standing next to a tree with a, with a, you know with his bow and arrows, and we didn't see him until we were like, oh god, we must have been ten feet from him. I mean, we never knew he was there, and, we, and all of a sudden we saw him, and uh, you know we asked him, you know, have you seen any deer? Not yet, but you guys, he said. When he said "you guys," I'm sure he meant everybody that's out there. He says, "You guys will be sending one by sooner or later." So maybe all the guys walking out in the field, you know, we're going to move them around if there were any there, and they'd maybe run by this guy. So,
3: so you said you didn't see him till the last minute? Is that? Oh what yeah,
2: the... never saw that guy standing there. He blended in. He you really know, did. <laughs> he blended it in. Re-
3: reminds me of a story. My cousin Stephen. He, he grew up in the city of Duluth, but he would actually go down. There's a lot of woods, and it's pretty wild there in, in Duluth. And it, I think he was still within city limits. He was near the old steel plant down there, which is closed. And he went down, and he'd bow hunt there, and he'd see some big bucks. So that was back. He'd use longbows that he made himself uh, with the old Indian method, and then he'd put northern pike skins on the back of the bow for camouflage and he'd use the brain tanning method for his buckskin clothes and so anyway he'd he'd look like a real wild man and he was down standing in some old foundation of a building and uh and he had full black on his face i mean he had his bowl he had completely you know he's looking like a like a a sniper in in afghanistan or in vietnam or some kind of ninja warrior and he's standing against this building (laughs) And this little kid comes running down the trail, I don't know, but maybe a 10-year-old. And, and then he hears his, his other little buddy back behind. And then all of a, all of a sudden, they, the other little one ran up, so there's two of them. And they're about five feet from him, and they're talking, and they don't see him. And he just looks at him and goes, boo. And both of the kids <laughs> turn. And their they, their eyes get wide, and they scream—just blood-curdling screams—and go tearing off, and probably just scared. To, and, and then he thought, oh, "I better get out of here. They're going to come back with their parents or something. They're going to think some crazed maniac is loose in the woods here." <laughs> but he said they did not see him at all. He's standing there motionless. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. You know, it, you, when
2: you're concentrating on one thing you tend to forget about the other things in your area. And we talked about this before, about sometimes you've got to keep your, your peripheral vision open and all that, you know. You've got to be cognizant of what's around you and not just have blinders on, you know.
3: Well, you've got to be looking everywhere, man. When yeah. you're a hunter, I think even subconsciously, uh, hunters, even when they're driving down the road on the highway, you can be in the middle of a conversation or listening to the radio and then all of a sudden you'll point to your wife, girlfriend, kid, whatever, and you go, there's a deer. And it's 300 yards off in the corner of a field somewhere, and they go, where? And they go, turn right and look way over there. I think as a hunter, you're, you're kind of trained to always be alert when you're in the woods.
2: Well, you know, that's a good idea for people to always be alert, let's say when they're going to and from their house, let's say to and from their garage, into the house, whatever, Uh, Or if they're just walking down a street, you know, nowadays, you can't be too safe. Got to be alert, got to be ready all the time, it seems like.
0: Hey,
3: hey, speaking of being alert, reminds me of another story. Years ago, I took a friend of mine, my buddy Tim Flagstead, and I took him squirrel hunting. And he wasn't really a hunter, but, you know, he bought a license. I gave him an extra twenty-two, And we're creeping through this woodlot near Green Bay, and I kind of went, sat up against a tree and he was, he was going to kind of walk through. Well, I see him creeping through the woods, working his way towards me, and he's trying to be real sneaky and quiet. And he walks up to a big oak tree about 50 yards away, and he stops, and he's looking everywhere. And I look directly up above him. On a limb is this giant fox squirrel with his head head hanging down just watching him. And all I could do was crack up laughing, man. The sneaky hunter and the squirrels just up there watching him. And I wanted, I tried to shoot the squirrel because I wanted to drop it right on his head, right by his feet. But I, I was, I was laughing so hard I couldn't get the shot off straight. He
2: oh, just man. did,
3: he just did not know how to, you know, as a non-hunter, he just did not have the eye for him.
2: That would have been funny if you would have shot it and landed at his feet. You know, he's that's probably what, wondering what the heck.
3: <laughs> that's what I, that's yeah. what I was trying to do, man.
2: Well, listen, what we got to do right now is we got to go to a quick break. We'll be right back, folks, with more of the Skipper Buzz Cutting Edge Outdoors brought to you by Bait Made Fish Attractants. Stay tuned.
3: Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractant Coleman Insect Repellent. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the true newbauer. We wanna thank what's that? Okay. Um, Tom, um, real quick, did I tell you about the big fish I caught this week? Tommy the true. Hello, Tommy. I'm here. Okay, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Seems like seems like we lost contact there for a while.
2: Yeah, I know. I had a call back that that just died. So yeah, tell me about this big fish you caught.
3: Okay, so. Uh Oh wait
2: a minute. What? Oh, go ahead. Never mind.
3: Okay. So here's the deal. Um. Yesterday I broke a personal record. Um. My good buddy Mark Horton, for years he's been trying to take me to some of his Lake X's. Tom, you know what Lake X's are, right?
2: Oh yeah. You got everybody's gotta have a secret spot.
3: Everybody secret spot, and you know that more than anybody. So anyway, he's got some spots for big bass. So finally I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm retired. I can leave at four in the morning. That was the hard part yesterday morning. Leave at four, drive up and then drive back last night. So we're, we were fishing, I mean, it was a lot of work. We had to go back into the middle of nowhere, carrying a little, little uh, John boat. There was no boat launch, there was nothing, uh, but that's why you got to get back into these little spots, right? So anyway, we're fishing, and after a couple hours, he'd caught a few small bass on a swim bait. I put on, Tom, guess what I put on and used?
2: Not a mini-mite, a wacky rig worm.
3: No, no, Tom. I got all the credit is due to you, my friend. I put on one of my custom deluxe Tom Neubauer Tide Special Bass Spinner Baits. All right. The one that you made me years ago, Tom, one of your favorite ones with the orange blades. Yep. And it's kind of like a a, a rubber black kind of a body on it, I think. And there's a whip. Yeah, and is what, is there a upper willow leaf blade, and then is it a Colorado blade under north? Right. Uh, under north. Right. Underneath? Underneath, yeah. Okay, so anyway, I'm not catching anything, but I'm sitting relaxing. Oh, God, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous day to be out in nature yesterday, just a great day to be alive. If you were in the woods or you're on the water, anybody listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about, kind of what they'd call an Indian summer day, I guess, in September. And it was warm and beautiful, started out cool and crisp in the morning. So I'm just sitting back casting, all of a sudden, wham, something stops the spinnerbait cold. So I, I set the hook, and next thing you know, the thing just makes rip in line. It just takes off on a lightning-fast run. So Mark says, oh, you got a big pike. And so I'm fighting it, thinking, it, he says, if it's a bass, it's a big one. So I'm fighting it, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's big pike, and it's actually pulling the john boat. It's actually pulling the john boat, kind of huh. towing us around. And I'm sitting down, and I fortunately the drag was set good. So after fight, then fighting it for a while, uh, what's his name? Marcos, careful, careful. There's you know stumps and stuff here. It can get you cut off. So I try and bring it to the top of the water, and I get it up to the top, and I go, it's a big bass. And then the pressure was on because all of a sudden it was all non-pressure fun, thinking I was just fighting a northern. Now I'm fighting this big bass, and we don't have a net, so I got to give credit to Horton. Even though he screwed up on a cold, lonely uh, Lake of the Woods ice fishing trip years ago when he dropped my giant 50-inch pike through the ice and and didn't land it, this time he made up for it, and uh, he lipped the fish, and it was just under 6 pounds. It was my biggest bass ever, Tom. It was like 22 inches, just under 6 pounds. Is the heaviest bass I ever held, and it got a nice picture of it and let it go. Fish was strong, but, man, I never had a, a bass battle like that, even even as far as I've caught some smallmouth, um, and smallmouth tend to fight, you know, probably harder than anything. This, this fight with this bass was right up there, man. It gave me everything I could handle. So I was a happy, happy guy, and as it turned out, uh, the bite kind of shut off. I caught a real nice chunky pike after that and uh, another smaller pike, and that was it. But uh, it was worth driving up, let me tell you. And i got to thank you, Tom, that spinnerbait. i got to give you some money or bribe you somehow. I need some more of those special Tom Neubauer spinner spinnerbaits.
2: Yeah. Uh, first of all, did you say it was 20, 22 inches?
3: Well, we did a vertical hold with it. We didn't get it on a board. Yeah. So just with a quick tape measure, vertical hold, yeah. Yeah, it was around 21, 22 inches. Okay. I suppose if you put it on a board, I'm guessing that would probably be like, probably enclose the mouth, probably 21. Um, but you know, we did get it on a good scale, and like I said, it was just under six pounds. Wow,
2: that's a dandy. That's a killer.
3: Well, you know, not those, no, those kind of no,
2: fish, and, and I take it was a largemouth too, right?
3: It was a it was a largemouth, and it's for, for me that's a big deal. I know you've caught. I mean, you're the bass guy. You've caught all kinds of big ones like that. But for me, I was pretty pretty excited.
2: No, I'll tell you what. Those those don't come around. You know, every day uh, you got to fish for a lot of years to catch a few of those. I mean, those are those are special up here in Wisconsin. You know, six pound bass. Those are real special. So.
3: They, yeah they're they're, they're, they're they're the giant mouth on those things oh my yeah. gosh you put your, you could seems like you could put your whole fist down a uh mouth like that on a large mouth but let me ask you this uh how old do you think a bass like that would be oh
2: goodness oh that could be like 13 to 15
3: years old okay okay because i have no idea i got some idea as far as i've read books on pike and musky longevity and how long it takes them in different latitudes to grow to different sizes but uh horton mark said that bass could be 15 years old is what he said yeah. to me yeah that's
2: right yeah it takes a while up in our climate you know to uh get to that size you know it and take a while
3: the other thing i almost forgot guess what was in its throat
2: oh boy a frog, a blackbird, uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, crappie. A crappie, it had a. Yeah.
3: It had a crappie halfway down its throat, and it still could not resist the Tom Neubauer spinnerbait. <laughs>
2: yeah, he was just hungry, that's all. You know what I, I forgot to tell you last week uh, about the trip up in Manaqua? What I forgot to tell you was... Uh, you know that uh, the bait mate little uh, chapstick type thing. What do they call that again? Uh,
3: uh, bite stick Max, I bite, believe. Yeah, bite stick. Bite.
2: There's stick two Max. of them.
3: One one is bite stick, I think, and the other is bite stick Max. The Max one has some like glitter in it as uh, well as. Right. Well yeah. As, this uh, one. This one
2: didn't have any glitter, but it's it's like a chapstick type thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, on, I was putting it on my spinner bait. Blades, because it it's not going to stay on the the rubber skirt and that. But I was putting it so that it was staying on the spinnerbait blades, and I wonder if that made a difference. Because, like I told you, I mean, we caught big pike, caught a lot of bass on that, and um, I'm just wondering if that didn't make a difference. I was also putting it on the rattle traps. Yep. Uh, I, I was putting it on just about every every lure I was casting. You know, well,
3: the the thing with sense, Tom. Is I've always had kind of in the in the back of my mind kind of a psychological problem with uh, well I got lots of psychological problems but <laughs> we won't go there um, but I with 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 putting some let's say you spray some Dr. Juice Pike Musky scent or whatever onto a bait my thought has been well by the third time you go run it casting it through the water it's just going to rinse everything off anyway but with that bite stick. It's like a chapstick, it's kind of like a clear kind of a paste, and I will take that when I'm trolling for muskies, and I'll, like, rub it on the sides of my slammers out here on Pewaukee, Um, I will sometimes even take the back hook, and stick the hook in there, and get some of the stuff on the back hooks, and that pasty kind of a stuff, it tends to stay on the lure for a long time, and... I'm thinking, well, that's something that's going to stay on there and keep working.
2: I agree, and and that's why I, I it might have been uh, part of my success, you know, when we were up there, might have been. But uh, after after the gut report, I am I'm, I'm going to be going someplace tomorrow, but I just can't tell you where. Oh, I don't geez. Want too many people uh, following me, you
3: know. Well, first first me <laughs> and Mark Horton and Lake X. And now you got more Lake X's, but
2: well, I'll, I, well, you know what though, Danny? Uh, next week I'll tell you where. Next week, how about how about that? I'll the say week, so, I'll say next week. The week it all after. It depends on how we do tomorrow. But anyway, we got to go to a commercial right now, and right after this commercial, folks, we got the gut report. I got a interesting dessert for you. Uh, you might, I I know you'll like it. Everybody'll like it. So uh, hang around, get that other cup of coffee, stay tuned. And uh, we'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors.
5: Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly.
2: The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, you know what? It's not too late for a nice, cool dessert. Well, it's kind of warm and cold, so it's a little of both. Have you ever heard of uh, apple ice cream? Ah, I know what you're thinking. Don't think that. I'm going to tell you what it is. First of all, you want to take a couple of apples, and you want to peel them, and you want to get about eh, 15 to 25 apple wedges, okay? Then you put those in a Ziploc baggie. Put some lemon juice over the top. That'll prevent them from turning brown. Then you take about a half a cup of brown sugar, about a teaspoon of cinnamon, Put that in, shake it all up, put it in the fridge for two to four hours, take it out. Now, you can put these on a stove, in a pan on the stove or in the oven at about 350 degrees. takes about 15, 20 minutes, okay, and flip them around a little bit, you know. It uh, takes about 15 to 20 minutes to get them softened and bubbling, and then you put them in a bowl and put ice cr- vanilla ice cream over the top. Mmm, I'm telling you, apples and ice cream. It's not what you're thinking it is. It's totally different. It's really good. You might want to try it. Just to let you know that Discount Liquor is in its 60th year in business. No other liquor store has been local and original family-owned for that many years. There's a reason why they've been in business that long. Price, service, and selection. So if you want some specials every week, go to discountliquorinc.com. That's Discount inc com
3: okay welcome back to the skipper buds cutting edge outdoors thanks everybody for listening we always make it a point to uh, thank the law enforcement officers out there we've been doing that for years Healthcare workers as well, first responders, military people, we appreciate you and are behind you 110%, right, Tom? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or
2: as Rocky would say. Yeah, Absolutely. do it, do it.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. I'm glad. I was waiting for you to say yeah, that. I, hey, I
2: remember that one show when I was getting you all upset because I kept saying it.
3: <laughs> me upset? No, never, Tom. Uh, um, right. So, let's see, uh, September 26th, Tom, is National Public Lands and Hunting and Fishing Day. and uh, But I don't think you'll be able to have a free fishing or hunting license or anything that day. I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, for what that's worth, I, I know that. And uh, there are 6 million acres in Wisconsin of public land to get out there and enjoy. So, if you're not hunting or fishing... Maybe put on an orange hat and go for a walk that day while well, the weather's still nice.
2: Yeah, this is the time of year. This this is a great time of year when you got these crisp mornings like it is today. You know, when I came outside today, I could see my breath. And tomorrow morning, going to be starting early, uh, and I and I know I'll be wearing a, a a little bit heavier jacket when we start fishing tomorrow morning. But I'll let everybody know next week how we did. But tomorrow. We're targeting big pike.
3: Hey. That's what we're going
1: to
3: target. Now you're talking my language. Yeah. Uh, when I was yeah. when I was up there with Mark, he talked about another lake we have to go to that, uh, I mean, I caught a nice pike. I caught one maybe 34, 35 inches. Nice fat one really fought. Although the, the, the six-pound bass fought harder than the pike, to be, truth be told.
2: Really?
3: Um, yeah, yeah. That bass fought harder than, I mean, it fought like a smallmouth. Uh, But anyway, he's got another super deluxe uh, lake where he gets 40-plus-inch pike. And then I've got another secret spot up in Door County that I saw monster pike this spring that I want to go sneaking off to. So lots of places to go. You know, in, in fall, Tom, this fall fishing, for a lot of people, they don't take advantage at all because they're in the woods hunting, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean... So this is the time of year where, you know, big pike move into the weed edges, um, you know, so they're accessible. Bass, I caught my big bass on a weed edge. So, uh, you know, don't put, the, don't put the rods and reels away quite yet. And then everybody knows about the, the fall muskie. Get out there and soak, soak a sucker. And uh, I caught my heaviest muskie ever back in November out there on a sucker. So lots of great fishing to be had out there right now.
2: Yeah, there is good fishing to be had, and we will have, like what you were saying, those Indian summer days where it'll start off cool and be nice and warm, you know, in the afternoon. And But the thing is, is that the later we get into fall, the tougher it is, except for the muskies, you know, but the tougher it is to find, like, the bass, the crappies, the bluegills, the walleyes, you know. It just seems to get a little bit tougher because they're using deeper water, and they're schooling up, and thing is is that you know it, it, it it's like a lot of the lake won't will be devoid of fish, but once you find where they are, you'll catch a bunch of them, you know. But you just got to be patient and search for them. And let's face it, we don't find them every time, you know. Sometimes well, those, little, those suckers elude us.
3: That's that's part of the search, I guess. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention. Um, I was talking to Mark yesterday. He was in a bait shop. Uh, a while back, and uh, a guy came walking in and and said to the guy, "Have you got a scale?" And the guy goes, "Why? Yeah, well, what do you got?" And he pulls out. This guy pulls out this enormous crappie. Now I know we were talking about big yeah. crappies before. He said it's just ginormous. And when they weighed it, it was within two ounces of the state record. Wow. Yeah. And so and it you. Was pro- too- Two pounds, 10 ounces. Is that okay? So the state record is two pounds, 12 ounces, right? Uh, oh,
2: well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's either wait, two, okay. eight or 212.
3: Check with your technicians. I'll, I'll check, check at the next check, commercial break. Yeah. Well, you check with have your people get on that, Tom. Yeah. We got people. <laughs> we got people. So, yeah, so two ounces
2: away from it. Holy moly. How long was it?
3: You know, I, I want to say he said 18 inches, but I can't remember for sure. Yeah. Um just can't remember it was a little bit of boat talk which yeah. uh you know we had a, oh man like I said it was a gorgeous day yesterday but speaking of a bundling up Tom yesterday morning when I got out of the truck it was 36 degrees.
2: Oh my goodness.
3: Yeah, oh my goodness is right. 36 <laughs> degrees. I looked at my truck thing I'm like, "Whoa, am I glad I brought this down vest." And I wore sweatpants underneath my uh My other outer, my uh, army pants. And uh, I'm telling you, it was a little chilly, but then we got our exercise, lugging our gear, and then the sun just came up. And, you know, by the afternoon, (laughs) I was sweating. So (laughs) taking down the Powerade to keep from getting dehydrated. But, yeah, this time of year, definitely take advantage of the old uh, layer system. And you can't overdress, but you can certainly underdress for a trip in the woods or on the water, so make sure you have more clothes than what you need because you can always take it off.
2: Yeah, you know, tomorrow we were talking about, you know, using live bait, but, you know, it's such a hassle getting live bait and dealing with it and all that. But I figure, you know, those, uh, the Kalen, uh, oh boy, uh, jerk minnow, the Kalen jerk minnow, on like yep. about a quarter ounce jig, you know, eighth ounce to quarter ounce jig, I can drop that down along these deep weed line edges, you know, that that might work really good. I mean, we're going to be using the Husky Jerks, of course, and the big spinner baits, you know, and a number of different things. But uh, I think those Kalen Jerk Minnows might really work well, you know, the larger. Well, one,
3: so. is the Jerk Minnow would you would you would you consider that a fluke, or is yeah, it Yeah, it's some... just like a fluke. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Because Mark was using that and did catch a couple bass yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, if you're targeting those pike, I would think slow rolling a spinnerbait on that deep weed edge might work.
2: Oh, that definitely will work, too. I mean, you know the way it is. You know what it's like. It's like being a Boy Scout. Got to be prepared. Have a number of different things on a number of different rods ready to go, you know. So uh, we'll be giving a, a number of different things a shot. And when we find out what's working, then we'll stick with it. So.
3: Well, I know, knowing you bass anglers, Tom, you, you're you never sh- short for rods and reels when you guys go. Now, like Mark <laughs> Horton, he used to take eight when he'd get on my boat years ago in Door, right. Door yeah. County. Well, then I finally got him to cut it down to six. But when he goes on his John boat, he still brings five and he complains that his brother will bring six to eight. (laughs) Can you imagine? You got 14 rods and reels on a John boat. He was happy with me, however, because I brought one. Now, I will say that Door County, I did kind of had to eat my own words this year because I had my usual two rods and reels, and as fate may have it, reel one went on day and day one, and reel number two went on day number two, two. Oh, so no. I was out of, and then uh, Mark let me borrow a rod and reel that he had in his boat with when I was with him when the second one went. But then, now, but when I was back on my own boat, I got to give kudos to our friend Ron Johnson because Ron Johnson just pulled out a reel, brand new, brand new reel. I'm sure you know he's got lots of sponsors and stuff. He goes here, here's a reel. So, thanks to Ron, because I still have that reel. Matter of fact, I used that to catch that big bass yesterday.
2: Oh, all right, yeah. Yeah, I know tomorrow, uh, since we're doing specific things tomorrow, I'm only taking five rods. So, normally I would be taking about eh, eight or nine, but I'm only taking five.
3: You bass guys. I mean, I thought musky guys were bad. A musky guy, we used to maybe have two, right? You'd have one for jerk baits and one Uh, for bucktails uh, and... And, so I was uh, the
2: same. I was the same way with muskies too. When I guided for muskies and that, or just fished for them, I was the same way. I'd, I'd have, uh, I'd say about six. <laughs> you know, I, I know it sounds silly, but you know, got a different lure on each one. You know, so.
3: Well, I can see Tom if you're. Uh, that's one thing I noticed that the bass guys is there's so many different tactics. Like if they're not going for the spinner bait. Uh, let's try a buzz bait. If they're not going for those aggressive baits, let's slow down and use a fluke. Let's use a, uh, let's use a tube. Let's use a grub. So you guys, and now if you're in a tournament, you don't want to waste time tying stuff on because it's not as easy like a musky guy can just clip one on the leader. So I can see how just to be able to switch from one to the other, you guys like that versatility in a tournament. I guess that kind of carries over to your fishing when you're not in a tournament, I guess.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, I you know, it's like uh, yesterday I was tying on the lures uh, that I'm going to be using tomorrow. And uh, so they're already on the rods because, like, like you said, I don't want to be doing it that morning, you know, while I'm out on the water. I want to be ready to go, you know, right away. So, yeah, got to be ready to go and got to be ready to do commercials and got to be ready to call to play the horn schwaggle. Danny's going to give you three statements. you got to tell him if it's a Hornschwagel or not. And if you are correct two out of three times, you're going to win two prizes. Number one will be a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market in Menominee Falls on the corners of Pilgrim and Silver Spring. You'd don't want to miss that place. I mean, that's a great $10 gift certificate. You're also going to get a really nice prize package from Bait Mate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. So if you want to play the Squaddle, call right now, 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Call now.
3: Hey, welcome back to the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractants, Coleman Insect Repellents. I'm Deluxe Danny Bush, single straight white wealthy landowner from Douglas County, along with Tommy the True newbauer, Just had to get that in there. And right now we have our long anticipated world famous Hornschwaggle contest. And Sam, do we have a lucky contestant?
4: Yes, today our contestant is Kurt from Sussex. Kurt or Kirk? Kurt. Kurt, okay,
3: alright, not Captain Kurt, Kurt. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning. So, you know how this works? You bet I do. Okay, and here we go. Today's topic is cats. Let's talk big cats first of all. Cougars. Let's talk cougars. Uh, there have been no there have never been any cougar sightings in the state of Wisconsin. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No cougars oh. ever seen in Wisconsin. Hornschwaggle. Hornschwaggle. That's right. In a little bit, I'm going to talk about one cougar's journey once we're done with the Hornschwaggle segment. Okay. Uh, cougars. Uh, cougars mate for life. Hornschwaggle or no hornswoggle?
6: No Hornschwaggle.
3: No, that's a Hornschwaggle. That's a Hornschwaggle. I know geese kind of mate for life, maybe a few others, but uh, those cats, you know, they're pretty promiscuous as far, as far as I know. Okay, you're one out of two. Uh, and the next one, cougars. Cougars prey primarily on smaller mammals. They do not really uh, prey on deer. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? They do not prey. Schwaggle, okay, you got her, all right. Actually, those goddamn cougars are pretty big and strong there, Tom and Kurt, and they can prey on whatever they want, I guess, <laughs> so, yeah, except whatever. the bear. Yeah, okay, Kurt, uh, make sure Sam I Am gets your information, and uh, you'll get that stuff sent out to you.
5: Okay, thank you very all much. Right. All, right. all right, thanks, thanks
3: for listening, buddy. Yeah, just right. to uh, let
2: people know that... Uh, Kurt's going to be getting that ten dollar gift certificate to Carl's Country Market there in Menominee Falls, and everything, meat and sausages and more. They've won more awards from, for sausages than than anybody I know of, and of course, bait mate fish attractants, Coleman insect repellents. Boy, I'll tell you, um, you know, what can I say? The stuff is good. It works. Well, I'll so. tell you
3: what, a uh, couple of things, because people ask what. I think we've mentioned this before. I have definitely seen Tom when I used the game fish. Now I know they make a panfish formula, but when you and I used mini mites way back when and we were catching some pumpkin seeds here off the pier, it did seem that when they kind of they quit hitting, you'd uh, freshen it up with a spray of the bait mate, the the garlic and salt and it just seemed like the next cast out they'd grab it and hold on longer. So it did seem to definitely make a difference. The other thing that I like to do, Is when you're in the boat. And Ron Johnson, he mentions this if you've listened to his commercial, um, to eliminate uh, eliminate order orders. In other words, in, in in addition to maybe just being you know a fish attractant. Let's say you get some sunscreen on your hand or whatever. I like to rinse my hands in the lake and then I'll take that garlic and salt game fish and I'll just spray it on my hands and just rub it around like hand sanitizer. And then I feel much more comfortable handling my lures and so forth afterwards.
2: Yeah, I got to thank. I'm sure she's not listening, but Jennifer Wycheck, uh, you know Jennifer, right? Yes. Yeah, she sent me. I I called her up, uh, and I wanted to, uh, you know, buy a couple of bottles of the garlic and salt spray because I'm telling you, it's hard to find right now. I mean, there's a lot of things in the in- industry that with this COVID uh, virus, that it's hard to find. And when you do find uh, some of the bait made it's uh, kind of expensive. So I asked her if I could get a few bottles. Well, she was real nice to send me a, pro- a care package of a bunch of different things. So I gotta thank Jennifer up there at uh, Bait Mate for doing that, I appreciate that. So,
3: and hey, I've been using uh, it, yep. It- one thing I will mention for our listeners, uh, we will be uh, hitting the top of the hour. Hard to believe an hour, two-hour show, one hour goes. It's amazing how fast things yeah. go when you're having fun, I guess. Uh, but it's 7 o'clock, uh, folks, we might have an up-north report coming in from Justin at R&M uh, Muskie and Tackle Shop in Eagle River. So stay tuned if uh, perhaps our buddy Troy Woodrow has been, uh, being, easy, he's, he's up north there, he's, been recruiting lots of reports for us, which we appreciate. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, NFL, are we going to have the NFL picking contest, Tom? After
2: the seven fifteen break.
3: Okay, good. So our listeners yeah. know that as well.
2: Right. And, and you know, there was something else I got to bring up. Uh, I didn't bring up last week. Now, since we don't have uh, a sponsor for this, I can mention the name. Now, you've been to Quick Trips, Danny, right? There's one out by you.
1: It yep.
2: seems like. Quick trips are always busy. Uh, they got a lot of good stuff inside of them. But here's the weird thing. My son wanted to stop for gas on our way back from Manaqua, and he likes stopping at a quick trip. I forget what town it's in. We, we get to the quick trip, and there was a waiting line. They must have had, I don't know, eight lanes for pumps. There was a darn waiting line. They were all full, and there was a waiting line. So he said, well, I'm not going to sit here and wait. One block away was another name-brand gas station. I don't want to say who. Name-brand well, gas not?
3: station. Why can't you say that name-brand
2: gas station? There was eight pumps. I should say eight lanes and all these pumps. And, you know, not one car there. Not yeah. one. I. I I'm have... and, and, and the lady inside said, she says, well, you know, the quick trip, they sell hot food. They sell donuts. They sell everything over there. And that it, it hurts their business,
3: yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, where I go hunting, uh, up by Sparta, Wisconsin, uh, for years there's been a, uh, it's a, a it's, it's the Sparta Co-op, I don't know if it's a Cenex or whatever it is, um, but they were kind of a quick trip before Quick Trip existed. They got all kinds of cool stuff yeah. in there as far as all the food and so forth. But they remodeled, made a real nice uh, place there. But then a quick trip is open just a block away. Um, and quick trip does tend to seem to be busier. But I go to this other one because it's not as busy. Uh, they got, if, if you ever get a chance, uh, it's exit by Highway 27 there in Sparta. Go in there. They got great flannel. I'm wearing one right now. They got these great flannel or kind of. I don't know fleece shirts, the check checkered plaid kind of patterns for like 20 bucks a piece, and they got some real cool hoodies and stuff. So uh, I bought a hunting jacket for a gal there years ago. So I, it's a place I would highly suggest if you're on the road. Uh, Quick Trip is nice. I like that they're 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 clean. They got good food and so forth. So they have a lot to offer. But I will say that if I'm in kind of a stressed out mood, I do not like driving into the parking lot of a Quick Trip. Because I feel like I'm in Lambeau Field's parking lot right after a Packer game, <laughs> and my head's on a God dang swivel. You know, cars coming in, out, trucks, this and that. Um, my biggest kudo for the quick trip is their uh, air pump, it pumps for the air. They've got an electronic one where you can set it right at the pressure you want. Put it on your tire, and then it'll go ding when you're done. So there's no putting quarters. You remember most gas oh, stations yeah. would have ones. We got to put quarters in there, and it goes. And yep. then you got to keep taking your pressure gauge and trying to check. And if you don't get it on the stem just right, you let air out instead of you know. And it's a pain. And you know what? So Quick Trip does have that air, which which is really a convenience.
4: I can vouch for the air pump. I just used one like a couple days ago. Very clutch. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah.
3: So, All right. and you well. know, Sam's Sam's a young guy. He probably is before the yeah. days of having to use a. Uh, Sam, did you ever use a hand pump to put uh, air into a bike tire or a football?
4: I have, but. Oh, you have. Okay. I, yeah, I keep. I have a bike, so I keep one in my car just in case, but. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, as a as a young as a young lad, I don't really carry quarters around with me too often, so those are always very convenient. Well, you got you got you got the bills.
3: <laughs> we know how you are. Yeah. You know, you're one. You're a member of the lucky sperm club. You got that rich millionaire family that you bestows you, everything upon you. I know that. Eh, not really. Not really. Okay. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Yeah. None of us are members of the
0: lucky sperms here. So. Yeah.
2: Well, right now we got to go to the top of the hour break. And, uh, you know, you know, I kind of missed some of those updates uh, Sam used to do, but uh, we don't do that anymore. But uh, in a couple of minutes, we'll be right back. You're listening to 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors.
1: The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors.
0: All aboard! ha, <laughs> ha, you're on the crazy train. All aboard!
1: Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
2: Well, he's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam is on the boards. And uh, you are who you are, sitting wherever you are. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, this is a live show. So you can call us at 414-799-1250, right here at the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, where we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., live and definitely unrehearsed. Anyway, good morning again, fellas. And folks out there in Disneyland, good morning to you, too.
3: Hey Tommy, we we've, we've got a report. We've got Justin from R&M awesome. Muskie and Tackle in Eagle River on the line.
2: Awesome. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. So, uh, so what's the temperature up there in Eagle River?
7: <laughs> We're at uh, about 28 right
3: now. Holy moly. Yeah, it's oh, a little chilly. Oh gee. Is there is there skim ice on <laughs> is there skim ice <laughs> on the lakes? Nah, not yet. We're getting there. Oh jeez! So, is muskie fishing pretty good?
7: Yeah, yeah, it has been. Every, uh, it's been, uh, been real good this year, actually.
2: Yeah. What's some of the big ones being caught?
7: Uh, we've seen some. Uh, I honestly. I haven't seen a whole lot of real big ones here lately. But people are getting a lot of fish. Uh, we did have a guy yesterday bring in a picture of a nice forty-six-inch uh, tiger that he got out here on the Eagle River chain.
3: Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That
7: was that was a nice big fat one.
3: Yeah. Hey. Just let me ask you this, Justin. Yeah. If you were gonna tiger, uh, yeah, tiger. Uh, if you were gonna try and get a tiger muskie, where would you suggest? Because I was thinking about this the other day. I've got a lot of big muskies. I've never got a big tiger muskie, and I was thinking now that I'm retired, maybe I ought to go out west to Utah or one of those states where they yeah. get them. But I know there's some in northern Wisconsin. Where would you suggest? You
7: know the the Eagle River chain and and the Three Lakes chain have really been putting out a lot of tigers here the last couple of years uh we've been i, I mean uh, the last fish that i caught last year at the end of the year was a tiger and uh we've got four tigers in my boat this year uh, a lot of guys that i know that are guiding are I mean, they've, they've got quite a few tigers this year there's been quite a few of them caught here just on the chain well the other
2: place i heard of of course is Vudazare. there that's that's sure. always known for them
7: yeah, that's where the the world record, record right, came right out of. But yeah, there's uh it seems like every year somebody gets a big tiger out of Ubud is
3: Okay, that I remember that a couple of years ago there was a guy named Jeff something or other. He was down from around uh, Beloit or something uh Area, I think he was a guide and I remember years ago he got a fifth I think it was a 51 inch tiger out of view air I think I saw it in Wisconsin sportsman or Badger sportsman magazine
7: yeah actually i, I uh, you I mean Jeff Jeff or mortal I think you're talking about uh, yeah but yeah yeah it was one of his guide clients uh, a few years ago that one was only god I forget what it was a quarter or a half inch off of the state record and now, I, but that one actually came out of North twin
3: I believe okay
7: Okay. Yeah, that now, was, uh, when
3: you say, that was a big one. you said you got your last one of the year was a tiger. Are you guys getting those tiger muskies on on suckers then in the in the fall? Is that My, my last one last year was on a sucker,
7: but uh but yeah, that, that guy yesterday said he got his on a sucker, yeah.
3: Okay. Okay. So, so the Eagle Chain North Twin, View Desaire those are all some viable places to go and get yeah. tigers. And I believe those are, those those have to be natural tigers cuz the DNR does not stock them anymore. Yeah,
7: no they do not. They're all they're all natural now around here. Uh they don't the DNR doesn't do much for stocking muskie's around here anymore, so anything that we've got natural.
3: So as far as for your the fall fishing um Tell us a little bit about your shop. I imagine you got the suckers for anglers. Uh, I'm sure there's other people fishing other things other than muskies. Can you kind of explain about your shop, what you offer, yeah. where you're located at?
7: Sure. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're on Highway 70, uh, it's Highway 70 West, um, just east of Highway 17 when you're coming into Eagle River. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually just bought RM the the muskie shop here in May of this year. Um, we, we've got uh, everything that uh, you can think of right now. We carry uh, as much as we can right now for, for muskie. We're trying to expand a little bit every year. Um, we've got a, a good bass selection, good walleye, good panfish selection in here and that. Obviously, we, we are focusing on muskie fishing, but we've got a little bit of everything for everybody. We've got all live bait, uh, crappie minnows, fatheads, leeches, night crawlers, uh, and obviously we carry as many suckers as we can get every week. Have you got we just, we a lot of? We uh, 150 suckers delivered yesterday, so we should be stocked up for the weekend.
3: Have you got a lot of anglers coming up there doing any other kind of fall fishing? Because you, I know all the muskie schmoes are going up there, but you got anybody like walleye fishermen, bass, any, you know, anything else? Yeah,
7: yeah, we do. Um, the, the the walleye fishing has actually been really good here lately. the The hard part for us uh, up here is, you know, our Our walleye numbers are low compared to like Green Bay and, you know, and Winnebago and stuff like that. So it's hard for a lot of those guys. At least it would be hard for me to drive past some of those other areas to come here to fish for walleyes. But our walleye fishing is really good here. And same with bass fishing. Bass fishing is phenomenal up here on a lot of lakes. And we've got a lot of big bass up here. But I think it's, uh, especially bass fishing, that's something that gets overlooked a lot up here. Ken, you know, it's it's amazing how
2: twenty, thirty years ago people wouldn't think of going up north for bass fishing. But yeah. it's the smallmouth and largemouth fishing is like you said, it's phenomenal.
7: It yeah. is. Yep. It's uh it it is it's it's growing every year, the amount of people that are coming up here. Um I've worked at a couple other bait shops here in town before I bought this one and uh I know it, it, the other ones that I've worked for, every year their their bass selections keep getting bigger and bigger, which ours will, too, here now. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's phenomenal bass fishing up here. Um, and it's too bad that more people don't know about it because it, it really is awesome and it's fun. And a lot of the lakes that you can get on, you know, a lot of times you can get on a a bass lake where you've got a really good shot at getting, you know, 20, 21-inch smallmouth and big, largemouth. And oh, that, yeah. You'll the only boat out there.
2: Yeah, you know. exactly, yeah. Well, especially, we've you know, just, especially the smallmouth, that's really taken off up north, really big.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. Justin, yeah, we've it, got 20,000 listeners listening to us right now, and you just mentioned, well, I don't know about 20,000, but you just mentioned a lot of people don't know about the bass fishing. Uh, you, you said there's both largemouth and smallmouth. Uh, can you maybe name a smallmouth lake and name a largemouth lake off the top of your head that you might recommend for anyone going up there? Sure,
7: yeah. Um, you know, to be honest with you, Kentuck Lake is uh, east of Eagle River here, about you know seven, eight miles east of Eagle River here. It's probably one of the best all-around ones. Uh, there's there's tons of largemouth and smallmouth in there, um, and there's some big smallmouth in there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that that one, uh, Anvil Lake out by Kentuck Lake is a good one. Spectacle Lake is a really good smallmouth lake. Um, they're all right, right around here. The Eagle River chain's got some smallmouth in it. I wouldn't, I, if I was going to fish on the Eagle River chain for anything but muskie, it'd be walleye. Uh, there, there are some smallmouth and largemouth on the chain here, but there, there's not a big number of them. I, I don't, I won't guide out there for them, but when you do catch them out on the chain, they are big. I mean, they're, they're nice, stocky fish. There's just not a lot of them.
3: And you mentioned guiding. Uh, if someone goes up to your shop, let's just say Joe Schmo tourist guy and comes in and says, "I want someone to take me muskie fishing or bass fishing or walleye fishing, uh, do you guide your uh, you, you kind of alluded to you guide yourself or you have connections with guides? Yeah,
7: I guide myself. Uh, this year I've, I haven't guided quite as much because I, you know I just took over the shop and still getting things felt out here. Um, but next year I'll be back into my normal thing of guiding. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, we've got about a dozen guides that, uh, have all their cards and brochures and everything here at the shop. And if I can't take you, we'll find somebody for you for sure.
3: Gotcha. And how about as far as the upcoming ice fishing season, uh, are you going to be open for business during the, you know, the hard, hard, hard water?
7: Yep. Yep. We will. Um, we're, we're praying to God that, uh, last year doesn't happen again where we get just a little bit of ice and then two feet of snow. <laughs> uh yeah, right. that kinda that, that, that really hurt things last year, but um that hurt it for everyone here. But um but yeah I I we will be open here. Uh we'll be open every day of the week. Um and we'll have everything that you need. Augers, bait, uh we've we've got some nice clam ice suits and stuff like that too. We're gonna have a little bit of everything. All right.
2: Well, listen, it's been great talking to you. A lot of good
3: information. Yeah. Feel free, Justin. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Justin. Feel free to give us a call and keep us updated on what's going on. If there's any events, I know most tournaments and so forth, Muskie anyways, have been canceled this year. But uh, feel free to give us a call. And uh, even if you want to share some hunting or snowmobile trail uh, reports, give us a call from the Great Eagle River area.
7: I will do that. All right, thanks, Justin. Right.
3: Thanks all for right. calling. I appreciate
7: it, guys. Thank you.
2: Okay, bye now. Yep, take care. And with that, we got to go to a commercial break. And now we need a contestant for the NFL football picking contest. Sam is going to look up the point spread. You're going to pick who you like according to the point spread. And then Sam's going to pick, Danny's going to pick, and I'm going to pick. And all you got to do is tie or beat us. And you will win that $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub out there on beautiful Pewaukee Lake. Probably see Danny out there maybe having a beer or two, you know. So, anyway, uh, be a caller now, 799 1250. That's 414 799 1250. And play the NFL football picking contest. We'll be right back. <laughs>
3: Jim Taylor rushed for the end zone and Chuck Ironman Narek stopped him at the 6. What? Okay. Welcome back.
2: (laughs) I didn't know who was supposed to do that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Sam, you got a contestant there?
4: Yeah, today we got Brian in Milwaukee.
2: All right, good morning, Brian.
4: try, Try him again.
2: What's that? Great, I'm here. Okay, great. Uh, Sam, what's this point spread?
4: As of now, the Packers are 6.5-point favorites, 49.5 over-under.
2: Okay, and who do you like there, Brian? I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Packers, too. Danny?
4: Well, you
3: got to take... Uh, Ian, with those points, you got to take the Lions.
2: Oh, you think so, huh? <laughs> you think so. Um, what about you, Sam?
4: I like the Packers, but does that mean... Brian's in the clear? or
2: Yeah, he's in the clear now because he can't help but tie us.
4: All right. Yeah, I'll take the Packers then. <laughs> okay. okay yeah. I'm guessing another, like, I don't know, five or six touchdowns before halftime from Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, it's going to be one of those things again where, well, from what I understand, uh, last week they were kicking the Bears' butt until the fourth quarter.
4: Yeah, but Detroit, especially in their secondary, they're really banged up, and they're going to be without their number one receiver this week, and they're, I think their number one cornerback too.
2: Yeah. So, are you
8: saying Rodgers should have another field day?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. You
8: know, all right. You know, fun, fun. This is Brian. Funny thing too is uh, Stafford. I don't know why that guy doesn't retire. He broke his back, and he's had other back problems. I broke my back twice, man, and it's oh wow. Now that I'm getting older, it's really catching up with me. And yeah. uh, I actually kind of retired now because I can't I can't bend over anymore. I can't – yeah, I worked on cars, and I can't get up and down, yeah. and it's just – it's a bitch, you know, if you how get older. Does, how, and all that stuff that sta- happens when you're younger, How young does Stafford and, keep playing yeah.
2: professional football like that, you know? Right.
8: Plus, You've he's got, got all the money he needs, and he's got three little kids. Why, why
2: push oh, it? He's made enough money over the years. He's, he, I think uh, he's set.
3: <laughs> you almost have to feel – you almost have to feel sorry for him because he ne- he's never really had that team around him, and he's a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah, right.
8: Uh, well, neither
4: did Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, too.
3: Yeah.
8: yeah. No, and yeah. Megatron left. He kind of got left high and dry there.
3: Pretty, right. pretty much. Yeah.
8: Well, Brian, you're so going to be you, getting are, a $10 gift certificate
2: to Hurley's uh, Waterfront Pub. Are you picking other games this year or just the Packers? No,
8: just the one. Okay. Just the one. Okay, That's cool. it. Uh, I just wanted to say something to Danny real quick, if I could. Yeah, yeah. shoot. Hey, Danny, I don't know if you remember me. Maybe, I don't know, six, eight months ago or something I had called in, I think on the Hornschwagel thing or something, but you had just gotten your pickup truck, and you said you were having problems getting the cruise control to go on. Oh, I it, figured yeah. it out. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I told you if it was, it has, like, sonar in front of the truck. I know that because I worked at a Ford dealer. I kind of retired now, but. That's the way the Fords are, and I'm sure GM's the same way. But if you're in heavy traffic or something, it won't engage. Is that what you came up with?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I finally figured it out. Now now okay. my only problem that uh, driving up yesterday, I've got another problem. All of a okay. sudden, the heat will turn on, and I'll feel hot air coming out. So huh. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure that one out. I don't know if that's a climate control or whatever. But always something with this these new vehicles. It's all electronic, right. man.
8: Did you ever do what I told you? Is read the owner's manual?
3: Uh, I yeah, I kind of <laughs> did, you
8: know. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but you can you can learn quite a bit if you just read that owner's manual. You maybe got to read it a couple times, but yeah,
3: I I uh, read the cha- I read the chapter summaries like I did in college. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
8: That's enough to pass the test, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All, right, All right, Brian. Guys. All
8: right, thanks, Brian. Thanks, man. Thanks. Make
3: sure you leave leave your address with Sam. Yeah, I will. Thanks for. Good, for, good, good talking to you. All, All right, right, take right care. On. Thanks, man. So, so
2: let me ask you, Danny. Uh, last last week was the first uh, uh, Packer game. Did you watch any of it?
3: Uh, I I went to a Park Avenue Pizza to get some chow, and they had the end of the game on, so I watched it. But I did not have any. I have not tuned my personal home TV into any professional sports yet.
2: Right. I uh, I got to admit, I I had it on, but I wasn't watching. I was in and out of the house because I was doing some stuff in the garden and I was doing stuff on the grill. So I mean, I I'd see a player too, but I wasn't into it like I normally am. You know, uh, just kind of went back and forth. You know, so. And that'll probably, well, that's gonna be the same tomorrow. I'll be fishing tomorrow. so i
3: I don't know. You hear these teams, and all of a sudden you're talking, oh, they're they're banged up in the secondary, and I'm, <laughs> there's only been one game. How could they or their secondary is weak? Well, how could a team come into the year with a weak secondary when you had all year long to try and shore it up in one way or another?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, I guess I can see maybe having some young guys that, you know, well, they got to develop, they'll be good, they got the ability, they're going to have their learning their lumps. But with as many athletes in this world wanting to be in the NFL, how can you say that you start the year out and it's a real weak area? I I, I don't know. I
2: I think they should increase the the number of players allowed. It doesn't seem like there's enough. It seems like everybody, every every team at one point or another during the season is shorthanded, whether it be on offensive line, defensive line, cornerback, whatever. They're shorthanded. Well, let them have some more players. They won't be so shorthanded.
3: Speaking of shorthanded, how about sure-handed? I saw that Detroit Lion receiver drop that ball in the end zone, and when you break it down by how much they make, how many targets they get, yeah. and how many balls touch their hands? I'm guessing that that could have been a 50 to a $100,000 dropped ball.
4: Yeah, that was the that was their rookie running back, their second-round pick for this year. Okay, so to be fair, it was a running back, but no, yeah, he that was that was the game winner right through his hands.
3: Yeah, well, you're he's just... a running back. He's not a receiver. No, listen, you're you're an NFL football player. <laughs> you're a skill position in the NFL. If the ball touches your hands, you catch it. Yeah, you're running backs.
4: To... Running backs can catch the ball now. I mean, look at Christian McCaffrey.
3: Right, right. In fact, I think that you know, years ago, think about think about the NFL. Some some teams that had guys running backs that would catch the ball. Uh, I remember. Uh, What's it, what's it, was it uh, Chuck, uh, what's his name, was it, That wasn't Chuck Foreman, that wasn't his name, out of Minnesota, or what was that guy's name? He'd catch the ball, he'd well, the back. Randy Moss? No, no, that, no. a running back. Oh, running, running back. back. They had a, they had a multi Oh, Peterson? No, no, you guys, uh, it, it was Chuck. Chuck Mercer? No, Chuck Mercer played, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chuck, wasn't Chuck, or was that Chuck Mercine? Chuck I don't know.
2: 13. yeah, that was for Packer. He was a Packer.
3: Well, I think he was the one when when uh, Bart Starr did that famous sneak in the ice bowl. Chuck Foreman. He, Foreman, yeah, that's what I said, right? I, yeah.
4: Well, I think you were you were confusing him with George Foreman. But it was yeah, but Chuck Foreman.
3: I, that's what I said. Chuck Foreman. Yeah, he was good. Uh, Oh, back to Chuck Mersin or whatever. We got him from the New York Giants halfway through the season. He was a running back. When Bart went behind uh, Jerry Kramer into the end zone, there's that famous picture where it looks like he's signaling touchdown. Well, the truth be told, with that play, back in those days, you could not aid the runner. In other words you couldn't get behind and try and push him forward. Now you see them do it all the time. They push the pile forward like a rugby scrum. But back then, you couldn't. So when he went and raised his arms up, he did that not to signal touchdown, but to let the referees see that he was not pushing Bart forward and doing anything illegal.
2: Well, you know, George Foreman sells grills, too.
5: What's that? <laughs> what the hell does that got to do with anything? <laughs>
4: No, there's a there's a Chuck and a George.
2: <laughs> I'm having a good time. This. Is... I,
4: wonder if, I wonder if they're related.
3: Oh goodness! Uh, oh. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. But he hey, was Sam, a good back. Another a, good back. I got
2: a question. I got a question oh. for Sam. What up? Do you know? You know George Foreman has five boys. You know what their names are?
4: No. It's oh, George it's going to be George no. It's going to be a dad joke. I know it's coming. No,
2: it's not a joke. They're all named George. <laughs> George the oh. second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth.
4: That's uh, got to be annoying when you're calling them all for dinner.
2: I know, isn't it? That's, that seems a little silly to me. But then again, he sells a grill. What are you going to do?
4: Yeah. Good grills, yeah,
2: yeah. Gotcha. Well, let's let's go to a break. Let's stop all this tomfoolery. Hey, they named that after me. Let's stop this tomfoolery. Go to a break. So we'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, brought to you by Bait Mate Fish Attractants.
3: Okay. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. We are presented by uh, Bait Mate Fish Attractant and Coleman Insect Repellent. And on the line, we have the greatest bait shop in Green Bay, the greatest bait shop in Brown County, heck, the greatest bait shop in Wisconsin. We got Smokey's on the bay. Good morning, Tilky. How you doing, you guys?
2: Good morning. Doing good, good morning.
3: there. Hey, what's good. going on? We meant to call you a couple weeks ago. You told me lots is happening up there. Uh, what's, what's going on with the walleyes, muskies uh, on the bay there?
6: Well, well, what's good news is, is the walleyes are starting to come in the river system. And, you know, right in front of my shop there, a lot of guys fish offshore, and you should see the walleyes, go, those guys are catching just on night crawlers right off the shore. So that's good. So they're starting to migrate into the river system. Uh, perch are doing really good out of Bayshore and out of Gainos. And, I mean, they're catching some nice perch in the muskies are just starting to snap.
3: Gotcha. Now, now, so when you say uh, they're catching them right on shore, well, first of all, tell our listeners where you're located at.
6: Well, I'm I'm at the the very end of Bay Beach Road, and we're right next to Metro Launch. And uh, and there's like, uh, they call it the wall out here, and a lot of guys, when they fish off the shore, they're fishing up the wall, and there's a warm water discharge right there. And uh, the wallies are starting to come in, and it's amazing how many of these guys are catching.
3: And they're just like throwing a night crawler on the bar. like I used to fish for carp. Yep, yep,
6: that's exactly what they're doing. You know, you get your hook, and you put a split shot up about maybe uh, 12 to 18 inches, let the split shot hit the bottom, and the night crawler float up, and that's what they're catching them on.
3: That's amazing. Had you told me, Tilky, you know, growing up in Green Bay in the 70s, that, I, that anybody would ever be fishing for walleyes in the Fox River, I would have told them, you know, they were smoking some funny stuff.
6: Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's just crazy.
3: And now, perch, when you talk about the perch fishing, where did you say they were getting those? Well, They're getting perch,
6: you know, okay, they're catching perch here at the mouth also, but then the hot spots are uh, Vincent Point right out of uh, out of uh, Bayshore Park and then out by Gainos. They're catching some nice jumbo perch.
3: Now, are, are, that's that's from boats, I'm assuming, or, or can you get yeah, them from shore? Yeah,
6: yeah, But you you can get you can catch some perch from shore here on, on, on this river and the Duck Creek River. But uh, they're catching more, you know, from boats coming out of Bayshore and going to you know fishing the big reefs and stuff out there on the east shore and the west shore.
3: And then for the walleye fishermen, are they still going to be out there trolling out there in the lower bay?
6: Yeah, what they're doing, because you know that natural flow of the river doesn't go straight out like people think. The Fox River, it loops around the east shore and, and whips out towards Point Sabo. So as it gets colder, those fish are migrating back into the river system, and then they follow the bait fish in that current. And so guys are trolling out on uh, University Bay. Mm-hmm.
3: Now. Are they using crankbaits, uh, crawler harnesses? What do they prefer? No, crawler harnesses, you know, it, it's getting a little bit too cold for that. So, you know, the preferred bait right now
6: is probably like a number nine flicker minnow, that type of bait.
3: And for our listeners there, you've got a lot of custom color ones, right, that are the special oh, yeah. ones yeah. that are we, working?
6: We have over 100 and, I don't know, over 150 custom color uh, flicker minnows and flicker shads.
3: And as yeah, far as
6: uh, yeah, we got and then we can paint whatever you want painted.
3: Okay, okay. Uh, musky fishing. You got custom color. You were telling me you got some special baits for those too.
6: Yep, I got custom uh, colored Tyrant uh Tyrant, uh, uh, tyrant Zars. Uh, we any, anything you want custom painted. We can we have here available at the shop and the hot colors.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. And now, as far as uh, live bait, do you have any live bait? Uh, yeah, we got minnows,
6: you know, regular minnows for the walleyes and, and uh, perch minnows. And then uh, we're just starting to get the suckers in right now. Suckers are being got hard it. to get again this year. Uh-oh. Gotcha. But uh, we do have suckers. All right.
3: Well, I know you're busy at the shop there, Tilkey, and thanks yeah, I, for checking I, I got in. Like 10, I got like 10 people in here right now. They're I'll all looking you, at me like I'm crazy well you are crazy we know that but uh thank <laughs> yeah thanks, thanks for jo- joining us and uh we'll have our listeners come on up and see you
5: yeah okay thanks, thank toki. you guys have a good day you too
3: take care
2: you know danny Now's now's a good time now in the whole month of october uh to get up there on that fox river between uh, green bay and Depier. it's a it this is a good time now when that water temperature starts going down and like toki said Well, see, first of all, there's always walleyes in that river, even in the summer. There's some that are, like, regular residents, okay? But in the fall, you get an influx of more walleyes. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, 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 you're not going to, you know, probably catch that 12 to 14 pounder, you know, that big egg-laden female, of course, but you will catch a lot of those fish that are anywhere from, 18 to 28 inches you know you're, you're going to catch a lot of nice fish and uh this and and here's the other nice thing it's not as busy in the fall as it is in the spring and if you well, go and if you go danny when there's a packer game on in green bay uh, there's 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 very few boats on the river then yeah. very
3: you're few. the only boat on. you're the only boat on the fox river
2: just about i mean there's a few but yeah, there's not many, not many at well,
3: all. Well, listen, he Tilkey just gave our listeners some tips. Listen, if you like to fish from shore, and I, I enjoy doing it. I know many of my friends. I know my buddy Troy likes to sit on shore and fish, doesn't care if he catches anything or not, although it's always better if you do. Uh, the fact that you can sit and soak a nightcrawler on the bottom, just like I used to do for bullheads and carp on that Fox uh-huh. River back in the 70s, and the fact that you can sit there and catch walleyes, that's golden uh, you can go and it, he mentioned uh, the perch as a kid I remember going to uh, Bayshore County Park as a kid fishing off the shore by the rocks and we were catching a bunch of perch and uh, you know back then I, I don't even think we kept them they weren't real big but we just throw a night crawler out on the bottom and caught perch because it was something something to do but the fact that you can go out there now and maybe catch some perch offshore, uh, nowadays, I'm not dumb enough to throw perch back. I know they're good to eat, so you can catch perch, you can catch walleyes. Um, heck, I, I think it's a great time to go on out and try some shore fishing on the bay, not just on a boat.
2: Yeah, and, you know, the, the spot he's talking about by the, the launch up by him, uh, that wall, you know, you can fish from shore there. There's also a spot further south, uh, just up from the from the de- from the dam at De Pere, uh, I, I think it's called Voyager Park, where you can fish from shore there, too, and, and actually, you know, catch walleyes, yeah. So th- there's a number of opportunities up there, you An, know, to fish another, from shore and catch
3: fish. Another spot, Tom, is right in Swamico on the Swamico River by the boat launch. Now, I lived there for two years from, like, or maybe three years, 86 to 89. I lived there right across... That's before that boat launch really even was upgraded. Uh, It might have been just a little crappy one if it existed at all, but I used to sit right across from there in my backyard in the fall and spring and just sit there in a lawn chair catching perch right in my backyard. Well, now I see people fishing right by that launch now. There's kind of a wall there, and I saw a guy there one time when we were launching this time of year, I and my brother, to go musky fishing. He had minnows, and he was trying for perch, he caught probably the biggest smallmouth bass I've ever seen. Uh, he was fighting it, and we were launching in our boat, and he, he kind of waved us over. We actually netted it from our boat because he did not have a boat, on, uh, boat net on shore. And the thing was, I want to say, 23 inches. It was huge. It was enormous. I couldn't believe it. At least 22 inches. So there's great fishing shore opportunities right there as well.
2: Yeah, there's, uh, you know, if a person takes the time, you know, they can find places to fish from shore. But, you know, they're, they're just few and far between, and a lot of people don't talk about them, you know, because they get real busy and overrun. So uh, if you do find a spot where there's uh, very few people that you can fish from shore and, and actually catch some decent fish, don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't, don't be calling the Cutting Edge Outdoors. And tell yeah,
3: because we'll blab it all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, in fact, Tilky kind of blabs it all over the place, but that's what a bait shop guy is supposed to do, and that's why we call him, and he does. Listen, to our listeners, he, he has a A1 sh- shop up there. I mean, you wouldn't believe the crankbaits and the custom colors, so definitely make it a point. It's by the boat launch right by the mouth of the Fox River, where it goes into the bay. If you kind of go down the road where Bay Beach Park, amusement park is, and just kind of head your way, I guess you're heading north uh, northwest a little bit, he's right down on the end there, so you definitely should check it out. And what I'm looking forward to doing there this this year, Tom, is Tilkie kind of let the cat out of the bag on this one. He had guys this winter catching big pike right out in front of his place there. So I'm definitely planning on, if the ice gets good, I plan on setting some tip-ups there and sitting in my car in the parking lot.
2: Yeah, I'm even uh, maybe thinking of taking a ride up there. Uh, It would be, you know, I'll have to search for his place a little bit because I don't have uh, GPS, but I'm sure I'll find it, you know, and take a lawn chair with me and a few rods, just in case I want to do a little fishing, you know, But I've because I've never been in his shop.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to take a drive up yeah, there, man. Yeah, I've never
2: been in his shop, so uh, I should take a ride up there and check it out, you know.
3: Yeah, take, talk to your chauffeur, you know, in your limo, yeah. and, you know, have your people <laughs> drive you up there. And uh, put out the recliner, and you can uh, sit in your little deluxe fishing stand on the shores there and, and go in and talk to Tilkey. he will yeah. probably offer you a beer. And I
2: would accept it, too. So, <laughs> anyway... The other thing uh, I would accept is uh, doing our last commercial break of the day. Boy, this time is going fast. So, folks, if you if you got any questions or comments, now's the time to try to get them in at 414-799-1250. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. And we'll be right back in just a few minutes.
3: Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. I believe we got a couple callers and our up north report. Dennis is on the line as well, so let's go to him, Sam.
4: Alright, let's start with Keith and Wawatosa Good
3: morning, hey, what's up Keith. Keith? Good morning, guys.
2: Yeah, What's on your mind?
8: Um, well, I've got a four-year-old grand a uh, grandnephew and uh, his grandfather's trying to get him out to catch a fish. He's been out twice. They've been up north to three legs. No luck. Um, and he went to uh, where are some pond locally in the park, park system. No luck. Um, what might be a possibility for them? I can't help them too much unless it's a pontoon boat because I'm stuck with using a the cane these days.
2: Um, boy, there's a number. Uh, here, here, here's a place to try You'll catch some bluegills the The public fishing pier on Pewaukee Lake, right by the beach, okay. right in the middle of town.
8: Okay, I go so just on the pier.
2: Yeah, and uh, put okay. put a put a worm on the hook and a sinker and a bobber. Set it at about four feet, throw it out, and he'll catch some. He'll catch some bluegills.
3: Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good yeah, week. Th- yeah. You too.
2: All right. Yeah, thanks, this time, this,
3: this time of year, Tom. I don't know if the bluegills really are in shallow right now. Oh yeah. I, I don't know.
2: Oh yeah.
3: I, I haven't there's, seen any around around my pier much here, but
2: there's always um, little ones around. You know. Uh, you I mean, know if another
3: place.
2: I was gonna say if it's just a little kid and they just want to see the bobber go down and catch, doesn't matter what size they are, they'll catch something.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say Fowler Lake. I used to see people fishing on shore there this time yeah, of year. Yeah,
2: Fowler Lake's another place. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of the a uh, lot of the state parks that you can fish from shore. So there's a lot of areas, a lot of areas.
3: Although this isn't the best time of year to do it
2: necessarily. No, not the best, no. no. So who do you got next, Sam?
4: All right, let's go to Silas in Elm Grove.
8: Hey, Silas, what's up? Good morning, gentlemen. I was just wondering if you had any tips on reducing scent when you're bow hunting. Well,
3: well I'll,
2: I'll type. Go ahead, Danny.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. I know some guys are fanatical about it. Um, It's very hard to, I think, totally reduce all your scent. But things that you can do that are simple without going crazy. uh, Wash your... they They sell the detergent and stuff for you to wash your clothes in, right? They sell the special stuff for deer hunters. But right. you don't have to go spend a lot of money for that. Go to the, grow, the go to your pick and save or wherever and buy the detergent that's free and clear. Now, most laundry detergents have both dyes in them, which kind of brighten the UV quality which appa- of your clothes, which might be visible to game, from what I understand. And they've got perfume scents. And you don't want to be washing your clothes and that stuff. So I just get the free and clear, uh, free of all dyes and perfumes for washing all my clothes. And I start that in August. Uh, I'll still wash my towels and the extra detergent I have left over that has all the perfumes and stuff. But for my clothing, I do that. Uh, you, they do have, uh, you can go get some unscented uh, Arm & Hammer uh, d- you know, deodorant to use that. Uh, take your clothes and maybe store them. Hang them outside a little bit or throw them in a big giant, uh, you know, plastic container. Throw some leaves in there or whatever. To kind of get it kind of a, you know, more of an earth scent. Uh, and then you can kind of use some of the spray stuff when you go to, your, go to your tree stand. Rubber boots are recommended. And then maybe kind of spray around your neck and area. Apparently you got a lot of scent that comes from your neck area. Maybe kind of spray some of your clothes or whatever. Make sure the stuff you're spraying is safe for your skin, and uh, and that's about it. Yeah, you could just be as careful as possible. And and then if you are hunting a spot where you know a big buck is and the wind is wrong, right. don't even hunt it that day. Hunt another stand. Okay, All right. Okay, well, okay, well, I okay. hope
2: that covers it. And now we have uh, uh, we got Dennis Royce our Boulder Junction connection. Good morning, Dennis.
5: Good morning, guys. How are you?
2: Hey, we're doing good. What's it like up there in Boulder Junction?
5: I know you're stressed for time. I'll give you a quick report. Uh, We had two hard freezes the last couple of nights, so the temperature is dropping quick. Uh, It's doing a job on the bugs, so you can get up on the trees to go bow hunting for deer or bear or whatever you want to hunt for right now. Color is starting to come out. I'd say uh, maybe 15 20% color already. And water temperature is dropping down in the low 60s, so... Walleye fishing has been real good. Muskie fishing has really been spectacular lately. I know there's a lot of fish being caught. And uh, we've got nice fall weather right now, so it's enjoyable to be out in the woods and out and about no matter what you want to do. So, so, so it's been pretty cold in the mornings, but it warms up in the afternoon, right? It's beautiful. I went out last night, and a friend of mine called me and said, let's go for a couple hours and see if we can get some crappies and walleyes. And we each got a meal of both. So uh we did real well and it was a, just a gorgeous evening. I hated to get off the lake. We quit about seven o'clock and it was dead flat calm, it was just gorgeous out. You gotta dress a little warmer now this time of year, but it's uh it was a good time just to be out there.
2: Yeah, this is yeah. this is the time of year when you gotta dress for it. You know, like Bushy yeah. was saying earlier, you gotta dress in layers.
5: Yes, oh, you so. dress in layers this time of year, that's right. So All right. But I'll let you guys go. I know you're busy, but uh, have a good week and enjoy. Okay, we'll talk to you later,
2: Dennis. Oh, I guess he's gone. And, one and last
3: there he thing. was.
2: Yeah. Danny, one last thing. I think we got another minute. Uh, just to let you know about uh, uh, our good friend, Dave Olson, with Studio 360. If you need any photography, uh, video production work, whatever, he's right there in Pewaukee. Everything he's doing right now is 50% off. That's what he told me, 50% off of everything. So you want to get a family portrait, pictures of the kids, Halloween pictures, whatever. Uh, Dave Olson at uh, studio360photo.net. Just go to studio360photo.net. All right, that's all I got now, Danny. Uh, okay, uh,
3: Danny. we got about two minutes left here. I got the okay. earpiece ear here, Tom, so I got the voice in my ear. Yeah, couple the voice <laughs> couple of different things I'll mention um uh, Marinette area Marinette pestigo area they are recommending do not eat the deer liver from deer from that area oh. apparently there's some industrial chemicals a PFAS type of chemical used in industrial type things and uh, yeah. I think there was some uh, Fire extinguishers, some fire, some kind of industrial place up there. There's a radius around there of five miles or something like yeah. that. Not that you were gonna eat the deer liver anyway, but uh, just getting that out there. Yeah. Some people do though, you know. I, you know, I used to keep, I used to keep the deer liver, Tom, and uh, liver and onions, man, deer liver and onions. And my uncle used to eat the heart, but nowadays with chronic wasting disease. I don't know. Even though you can get them tested, I'm not eating any organ meats. I'll just stick to the meat meat.
2: Right There you go. Play it safe, right? Play it,
3: Play safe. it safe,
2: yep. Well, that's all I got, Thomas. Yeah, that's me too. Uh, I'll tell you next week how we did uh, tomorrow.
4: To all the listeners, thanks for listening.
6: And God bless and stay free, everyone.
3: You've been listening to Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, go out and spread the love. Do something nice for someone this weekend. Too much hate in this world. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends.